This is Wayne June. You're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Hey everybody, this is John. And this is Vince. And you're listening to Legends of Tabletop. Creating legends one die at a time. Thank you so much, Wayne. I am so pleased that you decided to grace us with your presence today here at Legends of Tabletop. Um, let's see. You have a very wide and storied background, and I would love to hear more about what led you to do voiceover acting? Well, I had been um, I've been playing in bands since I was a kid for many, many years, uh, playing drums, singing, and um, I don't know, around 1999, 98, 99 or so, I started to get an interest in voiceover because I remembered that uh, when I was a kid, I went to the library at one point and got a, an LP, a vinyl album of uh, the audiobook of Frankenstein. And it was just so cool. It was, I never knew spoken word really existed uh, on uh, any kind of uh, medium other than, you know, radio. So um, I picked that up. I loved it. And it always stuck in my mind. Over the years, I'd listened to uh, uh, audiobooks of one kind or another. But uh, at that point, the, the, the genre wasn't developed very well. It was, it was originally created to um, help people that were visually impaired. Um, and uh, it, it's only been recent years, the past 10 or 15, really, that it's exploded and become a really wide open genre. Anyway, I started uh, getting uh, an interest in that because I was getting lazy in my old age and I, I really wanted to get off the road. Um, I wanted to find something I, I could maybe do sort of a, uh, uh, a, a lateral pass and, uh, and, and change careers and, and just work in my bathrobe. A bathrobe job sounded great to me. So um, yeah. basically that's how it is. I, I did a lot of studying. I did a lot of, I did every seminar I could possibly find. I uh, took voiceover specific courses to learn about the industry and learn about the chops you need to develop. And since I already had a home studio going, I had kind of a head start on it. And uh, it just built up from there. Um, I put up a website uh, back in the old days, uh, which <laughs> which I haven't uh, updated since, um, mm-hmm. concentrating mostly on uh, social media to, for as far as a web presence goes. But the, the old website is still sitting there. I'm going to get to it someday. That's how I got into voiceover. It was basically a, 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 an attack of laziness where I wanted to stop mm-hmm. traveling around and I wanted to work at home and uh, everything just kind of fell together. Okay. That's, that's great. I mean, are, are you a member of any unions or are you a member of SAG-AFTRA or anything like that? Uh, no, I was, uh, I've been in the musicians union for uh, a long while uh, when that was my main concentration. And um, with the, uh, the the level at which I'm involved in the industry now, voiceover that is, uh, I don't have the kind of problems that uh, that union uh, affiliation uh, answers and fixes. Um, I'm pretty much a one man operation, um, and I get as much work as I can handle. And luckily, the, uh, I haven't run into anybody that uh, I've had any you know uh, 
run-ins with that that I would have to call the big guns in on. So, um, short answer, no. <laughs> okay. No, I couldn't help but ask because I know the accolades that have been received on some of your work, notably Darkest Dungeon, of course. Uh, and I know that not necessarily around that time, but a little bit after, there was a very large uh, voice actors uh, union uh, that had gone on strike, uh, right. notably SAG-AFTRA. Um, and I, I don't know, do you, did you ever have any affiliations with like BMI or um, what is it? Yeah, BMI. I think that would be one of the musical unions and then another. Yeah, BMI primarily is uh, is about um, getting your royalties and stuff for your for your work. And uh, um, when I was in, in into music, I did have uh, an affiliation with BMI, but that that's not really a union thing. Uh, oh, okay. I, I I think what they were doing with SAG after, um, I think these kind of things are good things. Uh, eventually, they end up. Uh, things finding their own level uh, financially with uh, people agreeing what, uh, you know, a, a particular role is worth. And uh, unions are a great thing, I think. Um, I'm just not personally affiliated. I think what they were trying to do is come up with uh, uh, something that was fair for everybody. As I understand it, at least one part of the um, uh, dispute was that there's actually some uh, voice actors over the out out there that were doing, um, you know, live action stuff to to later be in a video game, and you know, okay, now you're talking about a different skill set, and let's make compensated as well. Uh, plus, there, there people had been doing things. I heard uh, were uh, marathon sessions of hours and hours and hours and hours of doing character voices. Um, that kind of thing can actually physically affect you as well. So, I mean, you know, they're about um, coming to a consensus about what's reasonable uh, of, uh, you know, length of a session and, and what the compensation could be. You know, it, it's just, it, it's kind of a new thing. that They're just uh, starting to catch up with each other, uh, uh, unions and, and voiceover. Since the, uh, the technological revolution that we're in the middle of is uh, it's really changing possibilities in in short periods of time 20 hour 24 hour periods things can change overnight and uh, you know they they're, they're just trying to uh, make sure it's equitable for everyone you know i i stayed out of the fray i don't have any problems with it so um you know that's uh, that that's what i think i just think it's a good thing that uh, that uh, that they're paying attention to it yeah, and you bring up a good point. I never even thought to uh, to consider uh, the different roles that voice actors might play, such as motion capture and, and other items uh, that I didn't take into consideration. Um, but let's see, I've, I've paid attention to you talking about your home studio and doing your recordings that way. Um, gosh, uh, let's see. Now you have musical experience. Now you, you played the drums for a while, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and still do. Drums and vocals for about 45 years. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and, uh, over the course of time, just fooling around in my home studio, I've, uh, uh, 
uh, picked up guitar and keyboards and you know whatever else I have to do. Yeah. Uh, uh, on a professional level, vocal and drums, uh, and on a uh, student level, guitar and keyboards are coming into the picture. And I've had my own home studio for a long time. I started out in I don't know what year, but I had a uh, a Tascam Porta Studio. You ever see those things on cassette? Oh yeah, <laughs> the old portraits. Yeah. And that's that's where that started out. But uh, but over the you know you just get gear acquisition syndrome and uh, oh I got to have this no I got to have that and now I have a, a PC based uh, Pro Tools set up with a million plugins and and all that business and uh, I've got a little closet under my stairs uh, walk into to a certain extent before, before the the slant of the roof from the stairs above your head before that knocks you so you walk in and sit down and I've got shelves built with everything on it and the whole thing mm -hmm. is. Uh, is lined with uh, uh, noise-absorbing foam, so I, I have my little, my little weird dungeon down here. <laughs> I, I imagine it's all lined with egg crate. Egg crate foam. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I just have a walk-in closet that's got clothes all around, so I just use that. Uh, well, it, I'm a guy, so I don't have all the clothes and shoes and stuff, so I had to buy the phone, but you don't have to, you know? Well, I... You have, I have all that, absorbent, uh, all that absorbent stuff already in there. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. But, yeah, um, my friend... Uh, I have a friend in the United Kingdom that is a... I apologize. I've got a little trip on the tongue there uh my friend lives in london he's an independent game designer and he has decided to just i want to be like wayne june i want to be a voice actor and and so he he is trying very hard um to go ahead and take these things to heart like the noise reduction and, and all of these things that you've got to do if you are going to make your own personal recording and make it sound like you're using a really high-end bells and whistles studio recording sure it's not that hard to do anymore i mean stuff that uh that today would suffice um, you know, 20 years ago, it would have cost cost you uh, mega bucks to get into it on a reasonable amount. Um, you say he's already in, involved in the in the gaming industry. No, he's independent developer. He is working on a project, his first project, and I have helped out a little bit. I've done some sound effects for him. I'd say about 50 or so. Okay, because uh, the reason I ask is because that's the first question uh, to answer for your, uh, as you probably know, um, getting into uh, the voice industry. Uh, I remember when I first uh, went and started doing, doing seminars and, you know, trying to find out as much as I could about about it. They would, um, they would ask, uh, what have you been doing? You know, and uh, the reason being uh, because you can sometimes discover uh, skill sets that overlap. But more importantly, uh, it's a way to start you thinking along the lines of, okay, uh, you know, I've done this before. Uh, 
how would the voice industry apply to that? And how could I use an advantage I have from my experience already in perhaps, uh, you know, uh, working it into that way, working it into uh, an area that I'm already experienced in. So, I mean, if he's starting out as a developer and getting into, uh, you know, developing games, uh, pretty quickly he's going to have an advantage of realizing what his needs are. Mm -hmm. uh, then he'll know where to go from there to learn uh, the skills needed to, uh, you know, produce what he wants to produce. And whether it, he does it himself or gets uh, someone else to do it, you know, hires a voice person to do it, he's going to know exactly what he's looking for. So that, that gives you an advantage in that way. Yes, that that it does. I mean, and, and then also with, with my own, I mean, my little handheld mic, this works perfect for me sure. and, and for what I do. So oftentimes I'll, uh, <laughs> I will, I will make my husband dinner and be like, oh, okay, you have hamburger and honey. It's going to be a little late. I'm going to play with your food and record it and squish the meat around. <laughs> <laughs> a little, little too much information there. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, just doing some light Foley stuff. It's fun. Ham hamburger Foley. Yes. The monster tears the human apart. Not to ever go out to dinner with you guys. You gonna finish that? Yeah, you gonna finish it? It's gonna take a while for me to cook your burger, dear. But I've just gotta finish playing with it first. <laughs> so, oh well. <sighs> Fun times, fun times. So now, other than Darkest Dungeon, what audiobooks have you done? Um, I've done a mess of them. Uh, most of the ones that are commercially available now, you can find them on uh, a site called audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's like the, uh, they've got the corner on um, uh, retail downloads for audiobooks. They cornered the market on that, and they've really reasonably price they have different membership levels etc and uh, you don't even have to be a member to buy a book but you get really big uh, uh, discounts if you you get a membership and you say you know buy uh, the 12 books over the course of a year or two years or something like that so depending on how, on what your uh, involvement uh, as a listener with audiobooks is um, audible is definitely the place to check out I've done uh, science fiction and horror and uh, Mostly creepy stuff. That's where I seem to gravitate. That's where <laughs> I'm just naturally creepy, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, you definitely have the voice for it. Sorry? You definitely have the voice for it, for the, the darker <laughs> and the creepy. Um, so, yeah, I I definitely can see that. And in a way, that's that's what got me, in. so shockingly enough, that's what got me involved with Legends of Tabletop in the first place is getting involved with, uh, oh, let's see, Ask Lovecraft's Lehman Kessler way, way back when he did a reading of the uh, statement of Randolph Carter. Sure. And then it's like, let me take this reading and I will add old school sound effects to this and make it like an old timey radio play. And oh, cool. Yeah, and, and so I went ahead and did that, and and then it kind of piqued my interest more in in the audio part of things because I was in a 
had an electronic band and I used Reason 8 and uh, I've, I've done some recordings in the past, but playing around with those, with those audio sounds and making up my own sound effects, that, that really stirred something in me. And, sure. I've yeah. uh, had a, a little experience with that in just doing little uh, intros and lead-ins to my books. Sometimes I'll, I'll overdo it and go crazy and get, uh, you know, uh, license free music and, or write my own and get sound effects and uh, mm-hmm. do up a little one minute intro and, it's it's just it's fun oh yeah it, it is great fun to just create um yeah i've got uh, a couple sound collections on freesound.org they're all public domain um open to the community source sure. noises um so yeah uh what is your uh is this the only video game that you've done darkest dungeon or are there other video games in your back catalog that you have done in the past um nope this is this darkest dungeon is really my my introduction to the gaming world it uh, really introduced me to uh something that i really didn't know existed i'm not really a gamer myself i played video games of course but uh i'm not as seriously into it as uh as most of these guys there there's a whole community of people out there what with uh um, twitch.com if you're uh, or twitch tv if you're familiar with that um gamers are on the air 24 hours a day streaming live streaming live games and it's just crazy there's a there's a wonderful community great people out there and i was lucky enough i guess to um sort of i like to say come in at the top with darkest dungeon it, it hit and uh, i gotta tell you it's primarily due to the the developers and the people that uh, invented it and are, are working on it they're they're extremely dedicated they're serious about developing the best product possible and they've really done a bang up job i've been uh, lucky that that my introduction to the um introduction to the gaming world was with was with them they're just great they're called red hook studios out of canada oh yeah they that's you struck pure electricity with that that is just wonderful what you have done and managed to do and the accolades that the game has gotten and and you've gotten some as well but first i'm going to interject with a word from our sponsors brought to you with consideration by birds of a feather coffee company birds of a feather if you are a morning lark a decaf hummingbird or a night owl like me Migrate the flock over to birdscoffeecompany.com. Birds of a Feather Coffee Company has a brew for every birdie. Available now, birdscoffeecompany.com. And I love coffee. But anyway, um, what accolades have you gotten for Darkest Dungeon, if you would care to share? I've I've gotten a lot of uh, just really great compliments, and there's there's a uh, I've got a whole slew busloads and busloads of people that I'm in contact with now because I like the game, and it's just great. I have to be quick, and I'm all, always quick to to point out that uh, uh, it, it's all due to um, uh, the people at Red Hook, uh, Chris Barasa. Um, uh, they've also got a great um, 
composer, musician in uh, Stuart Chatwood, who put together the music. Uh, um, Power Up Audio is uh, another studio that they've um, uh, hired to do the uh, the actual uh, effects and and treatments on the uh, on the audio itself. And those guys are the geniuses behind it. You know, I had. Uh, I don't know, about 15 years ago now, maybe a little more, I had put out a series of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft books. And uh, that's where Chris Barassa uh, first heard me. And he wrote to me, and he was, you know, very complimentary, very kind. And um, he really liked the Lovecraft stuff. And, you know, and, and it's become evident to me that he's really well-versed in it because in writing the script for Darkest Dungeon, it's very Lovecraftian stuff. I mean, he just, he just, he just, he knows the stuff inside and out. He knows, uh, he knows all the adjectives, all the, you know, <laughs> yes. uh, Lovecraft is pull pro sending you to the d- dictionary every paragraph or so to f- figure out what the he's saying. And Chris got all that stuff down and they just, they created the atmosphere. They wrote the script. Um, I generally give them uh, three takes or uh, if not more uh, of, Uh, of each line they send me and then they decide how they're going to apply it, where they're going to put it, uh, which one they're going to use. So not only did he write the script uh, and uh, in essence, uh, because the way it was constructed, he actually directed it too. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they decided in the creative parts of the, of the dramatic arc of, of the, uh, of the story and how it unfolds and everything so you know i just did what i did i just recorded lines but those guys are the geniuses behind it so i have i have to be quick to say that i've gotten i've gotten too much attention for it um because <laughs> it's all due to them you know the real work starts after uh after i get done doing what i do and then from from then on they make it what it is it's just great yeah i mean i can i can see the attachment to the voice though because you, the human interface that is graspable in in that game, um, but but yeah, there's definitely a Lovecraftian influence. The purple prose is woven throughout. The, Absolutely, hmm? I say. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as in uh, in creative endeavors, is there anything that you're currently looking forward? to or uh gearing yourself toward that you'd like to see yourself doing in the next year uh i'm, I'm pretty satisfied with with where i've um where i've headed i've um i've got a, a bunch of audiobooks in production now i've got a, a number that uh, i just finished and have just hit the market and as i said you can find those on audible.com uh one author i've been working with is named jason brandt and he's got <laughs> he's got some crazy stuff. If uh, um, if someone's uh, uh, if I've gained someone's attention, but through Darkest Dungeon, I would assume you have some kind of uh, horror or spookiness in your background somewhere. You'd really love Jason Brandt's stuff. He's he's got one series called the Hunger series, and it's kind of a, a post-apocalyptic world where. Um, people have turned into um i want to say zombies but that's not quite right it's they're more vampires but 
they're gigantic and monstrous and they're more like the incredible hulk so if, <laughs> if the incredible hulk had a really bad day and turned into some kind of zombie vampire and you woke up in that world and that's what everyone else was like that's the hunger series and it, oh it was great it's great fun recording it and uh i, I just um yeah, it really res resonated with me. I've been reading science fiction and horror since I was a little kid, so uh, that was fun. Um, I worked with uh, another gentleman named uh, Bart Hopkins on uh, Dead Ends, a series of short stories. And you can tell by the title that's not, that's not really a, a cheery little, little book. <laughs> Yet of tales, yes. Um, uh, I did some science fiction by... Uh, uh boy just remembering what i've got under my belt here is tough at this this hour of the morning i'm nocturnal and this is for me um i'm uh, working right now on uh, a book called uh the specimen and uh that also is super creepy that's going to be out uh this summer and um I don't know. I'm just, I'm, uh, there's nothing that I really aspire to that I'm not already doing. So I don't know if that means I'm lazy or satisfied, but either way it works for me. So. Yeah. Always. That's, that's wonderful that you found satisfaction. Isn't that the goal for us all? You know? Yeah. I'm also uh, happy that I got my satisfaction in the horror genre. Cause I'm like really a, a, a creepy dark, person you know i can uh, guaranteed to ruin any party so invite me you know <laughs> that's great now will you be making an appearance at any conventions around your area i don't know i've uh, I, i've thought about it and then uh, but i'm really kind of a recluse so uh not in the foreseeable future anyway i, I may end up uh uh every couple of years in providence they have a uh, a lovecraftian um, Necronomicon. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I may make it up to one of those, uh, one of these days. Uh, nothing specifically planned. Okay. Because in, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, August 19th through the 22nd. It's in, uh, it's in conjunction with Lovecraft's birthday. And it's every other year. So that's that. Um, I, one quick question. Actually, I think I'll have five for you. In the past, uh, let's see, of all the comic books that you've read, do you prefer DC or Marvel? That's a hard question to answer because they've both morphed over the years. Uh, I was a big comic book reader when I was a kid and, uh, um, I think my first true favorite was, was Batman. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I did like, uh, uh, Marvel as well with, uh, uh, Daredevil and man and, and all those people. And, uh, I think Marvel had kind of a, an outlook to be, uh, maybe a little darker than DC, you know, DC was, was all, uh, uh, it was, I don't know, almost like uh, in those days, it was almost like the leave it to beaver of comic books. You know, it was very clean and and uh, and all American and all that. Uh, very codes driven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 
whereas uh, Marvel was uh, uh, not so much that. Uh, they've marked over the years. I really like. I really appreciate the uh, the movies that have come out too, as well. I mean, uh, they're finally doing justice to Batman. When the TV show came out in the '60s, it was way too camp goofy and they didn't take the subject seriously and you know you should take batman seriously damn it i mean come on it's batman i know <laughs> and uh you know now if, if you go to the movies and you see batman you really see batman so i don't know i like them both i don't know which one i would like better which one did you like better i'm more i'm more of a marvel chick so yeah. <laughs> i guess anybody who plays with other people's food like that and records it has got to be <laughs> Well, I, yeah, yeah, Marvel. That, that's what side I, I fall on that. But let's see. Tabletop or video games? And mm. why? Um, video games, I think. It, it, it seems to me it, uh, it, it, I don't know. It, uh, it gives you more to work with to spark your imagination. But I, I have to admit, I'm not a, a big gamer in uh, in either either score. I think the last I think the last video game I played was I don't know, it was Odd World. You familiar with that at all? Oh yeah, that was on PS One. Odd yeah. World, and then and then Abe's Odyssey, and and all of that, and they had uh, the Pepperidge Farm knockoff. Yeah, uh, rupture farms. <laughs> yes. Rupture farms. But it was. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, it's been a while. I mean, I've I've been involved in video gaming since the backtracks, if that betrays my age at all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but let's see. Um, oh, what was I going to say? If you could pick any superpower at all. What would it be in mm, hmm. Probably the ability to sleep and not have to get out of bed. <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to make up some kind of title for that character. Okay. What What would you call me? I don't know. Um. Oh, gosh. The Burrowing Blankets. Oh, <laughs> okay, that works for me. I'll, I'll borrow it from Brian Lumley. How about that? <laughs> yes. Good times. Oh, and there's there was another one that I was going to ask you. Um, do you prefer Star Trek or Star Wars? And there's a third option if you don't like either. What what is it again? Uh, Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, definitely Star Trek. Definitely Star Trek. Star Wars. Mm, uh. I don't know. Uh, if you can't say anything nice about someone, don't say anything. <laughs> so Star, Star Trek was just uh, uh, amazing, and uh, and still is. Yeah. Even the, the new movies with the uh, I think they're doing a a, a good a good job, you know, being true to the original. They're they're trying to man. They're trying. I think that, they're doing. That, it. Yeah. <clears throat> Because uh, I I am going to veer more on the side of Star Trek, uh, of that little battle there. But everybody wins in that battle, you know. And yeah. it's like these are two IPs that I adore, you know. Yeah. And I'm I'm going to go with Star Trek simply because it it just covers a 
fast storyline. There's so much content in there. Um, for me anyway. <laughs> but I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you also fall on the Star Trek side of that line. Um I didn't I didn't, I didn't mean to uh insult Star Wars because uh no. No, that that that's a great franchise as well. It's just uh, for my personal tastes, uh, I'd be Star Trek all the way. And then I was going to throw in um, Dune, but I didn't know where you where your thoughts were on that matter. And that's uh, Dune. Dune. I read the book when it first came out. Um, I never did see the movie. It got panned so badly, I didn't want to see it. Uh, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to have to make the make judgment because I really enjoyed the book. I think Frank Herbert is out of his mind. And uh, how was the movie? I mean, I've heard you know it got panned so badly that. What did you think of it? Oh, it's been so many years since I've seen the movie. The books I love. Yeah. I like I liked the I liked the sci-fi rendition of the movie. It was it was it was hella decent. It was great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I feel terrible because it's been so long since I've seen the actual movie with Sting and da 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 da, da everybody else in it, and I just have not seen it in so long. Not since I was an early teen. Yeah, and and I never did see it. So <laughs> okay. Oh gosh, now oh I know that. I'm there. There's another question that I'm to ask to finish off our final five. And I think I got it, but I'm not sure. Okay. And that's all right. Um, is there, is, can you remind us where we can find your content? Okay. Um, go audible.com. Um, the book I mentioned before, it's going to be out this summer. Uh, I would highly recommend checking that out. I'm having a really great time uh, putting that down. It's uh, called The Specimen, and the author is Pete Kale, K-A-H-L-E. And he's uh, kind of a twisted person as well, so I think you'd like his stuff, The Specimen. And um, you can find any of that stuff on, um, on Audible. And uh, I'm all over social media, um, you know, Facebook and all those places. So hook up with me. Not hooked up, and um, uh, that's basically where you can find me. Excellent. And with that, I am going to go ahead and call this episode. Thank you for your patience with the technical difficulty that we had at the beginning, uh, but we did work through it. So thank you, yeah. everyone, for joining us at Legends of Tabletop. You have a wonderful evening, day, whatever it is. This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop broadcast network. For more gaming-related content, please visit www.legendsoftabletop.com.